Welcome to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast. This is the podcast dedicated to people who want to speak more as a way to build their income and grow their business. Welcome, everyone, to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast. I'm your host, Jane Atkinson. You know, I always say that I'm excited about the topic that we have for our show, but this time I'm extra pumped because we have a special guest whose name, if you don't know yet, you are going to know very, very soon. Her name is Judy Holler. Welcome to the podcast, Judy. Hi, Jane. And while you're doing that, I'm recording you for Instagram stories. So give me a wave. (laughs) Thank you so much. Now, um, I don't normally, Judy, read people's bios, but yours was just chock full of interesting line items. And I thought, well, let me be, we could just kind of go through it line by line. I thought it was especially funny. And I have my very first question for you, ultra serious, is did you name your dog after gluten-free vodka? That's what I want to know. (laughs) Tito is the name of your dog, right? Yes, I did. My husband and I have a small obsession with Tito's vodka. And now we have a a big obsession with a golden retriever named Tito. Oh, my gosh. But yes, he's named after uh, Tito's vodka. But it's, it's it's a juicy name, isn't it? It's a good name and it's a good vodka. And you know who introduced me to the vodka is Clint Greenleaf, who at the time was my publisher, Greenleaf Publishing. So that's a nice full circle moment right there because Judy is working with Greenleaf right now on her book, which we're going to mention here in a second. Um, Our dog, by the way, his name is Jackson Triggs, which is named after a nice Pinot Grigio from Niagara on the lake. (laughs) Okay, so... um, Judy Holler is a keynote speaker, author, and professionally trained improviser, alumni of the Second Cities Conservatory in Chicago. Tell us about that. How long were you with Second City, and, tell, and what did that look like for you? Oh, yeah. I mean, that was a, a foundational moment in my life and certainly now in my career. And I always joke. So let me back up. I was at Second City for about, um, you know, my gosh, almost eight ish years. I started in their, their basic training program that like any Joe Schmo can go take. And if you're listening and you haven't taken an improv class and you are a performer or a, a business owner or a human being with blood pumping through your body, go take it. <laughs> I think it is like church. Um, so I, I kind of took the basic classes that anybody could go take. I, I have a performance background, but at the time I was working in sales and marketing and I really, not only when I moved to Chicago, wanted to study at the famous second city, I just wanted to see what it would do for me from a sales marketing perspective how would it help me in my career would it make me more you know brave and bold and confident in the boardroom so I started the basic classes took the classes anybody could go take and then I ended up catching the improv bug and I auditioned for their professional program which is the conservatory um, which is where a lot of the the famous talent is made one of my friends is on Saturday Night Live right now he was in our conservatory Chris Red so it's just um, a really powerful professional way to take your improv training to the next level and I did that for about four years while working full-time in sales and marketing and it really became the joke I always tell people in my keynotes and certainly in workshops it was my fear church kind of like my fear yoga because the more I did that scary improv thing on stage, the more I had the courage to sort of do the scary thing on the stage of my life and in my well, business. 
That just leads us beautifully into the title of your brand new, hot off the press book, Fear is My Homeboy. Tell us the subtitle again. I don't have that right in front of me. Yeah, sure. It's called Fear is My Homeboy, How to Slay Doubt, Boss Up, and Succeed on Your Own terms. I love that. Every one of those words is interesting to me. And that's really what a great title of a great book is all about. And the early reviews are in and things are cooking along. You're doing great. I was going to say at the box office, not really at the bookstores. Um, But you also scored a really major review by Mel Robbins, which I think that was very cool to uh, get that for your book. That must have been a big shot in the arm, wasn't it? Oh, oh yeah. We popped the bubbly immediately here in my <laughs> house. Um, Mel Robbins is not only an incredible human being, but she's been a, you know kind of a hero of mine from afar for a long time and certainly yeah. someone that I've studied and, and sort of, um, you know, and to this day, you know, I just really am so inspired by her. So uh, to get her um, endorsement and support on the book is just... Oh, just such an honor. So yeah, really cool stuff. I love it. I love it. Now, one of the reasons I think you've come on so strong in the speaking business. Okay. So you've been out speaking. How long has it been full time? So, I mean, I quit my job. It'll be three years ago, July 1st, this coming July 1st. So it has been a little, a little under three years at this stage, but yeah. I started my blog in 2013 and really my goodness, since like 2010 have been kind of speaking yeah. for free and testing content and pivoting and failing and falling off stages and bombing and doing 500 gigs, $500 gigs, free gigs, $1,000 gigs, all of that since like 2010. So I always think this overnight success word or not that I'm calling it's, myself yeah. that, it's, it's funny. And I know you talk about it a lot, but yeah, I've been, I've been on that hustle since about 2010, but a business owner, no paycheck, paying myself uh, it'll be three years July 1st. That is amazing. And and what my point was that the reason why I feel like you have, first of all, you had that really strong foundation to leap from, you know, you weren't coming in and just starting at day one. You had done a lot of work before you did. But let's talk about your background. You're a past president of MPI, Chicago area chapter. You were named the 40 under 40 in the meetings industry by Connect Magazine. Like you understand this world from both sides. And I think that that can be, I think maybe that you're, you must be speaking their language is why things are going so well for you. Wouldn't you say? It was a massive advantage in my corner because if you think about it, I was selling and opening hotels. So a lot of these meeting planners, I mean, I was trying to book their conventions at my hotel and, and, you know, here we are in the meetings industry going to meetings about meetings. So I've, I've come up in the hospitality and meeting space. This is, these are my people, right? And here I am when I start my business and I start to slowly, you know, speak and think about doing this for a living. My friends my meeting planner friends who are, by the way, hiring Mel Robbins and, you know, people like that, 
were the first to come in for me and they came in hot. That industry, my friends, you know, MGM Hotels and Resorts, Ritz-Carlton, Marriott, I do a lot in the hotel space and I do a lot with my association friends who are, are now able to book me in a different capacity. So it's fun to watch, but I will tell you, you know, when I still work really closely in the industry, I, I advocate, um, I'm a member of um, a group of people who work with Meetings Mean Business, which is the big advocacy component of what we do. We believe that when we meet, we change the world. And I think that every speaker listening to that knows that. So how do we make sure um, the politicians understand that, the world understands, people understand that we're not planning parties and like, what do you really do as a meeting and event professional? But um, we do believe Meetings Mean Business. We believe when we meet, we change the world. And I'm so proud to have come up in that industry because it gives me a massive edge as a performer uh, and as a speaker because I really do understand how a meeting works, what a good meeting looks like. And by the way, you know, the big talk in the industry is that we really aren't attending meetings. We are designing experiences for for participants. So as a keynote speaker, how are you thinking about your content from that perspective? Are you creating an experiment for the participant who is joining you in that conversation? And I think that's an exciting thing to think about as well. Oh, so much in there to unpack. I don't even know where to begin, but I really like the line, when we meet, we change the world. And I think that that helps an individual speaker understand that they are a cog in a much bigger machine, not only of the, that particular meeting, but then as well of what we're doing here in the world, what the work is important. And uh, I, I think that really helping people understand where they fit in the whole big scheme of things is very, very helpful. And so, another thing, Jane, to think about too, sure. to the end, and I, I would challenge the speakers uh, listening to let this inspire them. You know, there's always two meetings happening at, a, at an event. So there's the, the meeting going on in the general session room on the stage with the speakers inside and outside of the organization. And then there's the meeting going on outside over cocktails, over dinner, in the hallway, over the break. And that meeting almost matters more than the meeting on the stage because how are you moving these participants into conversations that will inspire them to level up their lives, right? To manage things a little bit differently. So I'm always, I'm chasing that meeting. You know, I want to be the speaker that literally um, is getting them fired up with their friends to think differently and make some change. So I thought that's an interesting point to just So interesting. And certainly in my own experience of meetings over 30 years in the speaking industry, it's been, you know, six of us go out for sushi and that's where the magic really happened. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, at the cocktail lounge at one in the morning, it's like, oh, wow, that idea you just gave me was worth the price of coming here alone. You know, it's amazing the kind of hallway conversations that you can have. And I think that's really interesting that uh, people who are coordinating need to think about how to how to bring that in and, and help facilitate the magic because it really is awesome. Okay, so let's talk about your... Um, You've gone from wide to narrow in terms of topic. Let's talk a little bit about, (laughs) maybe not as narrow as your coach might wish, but uh, you've gone from wide to, I mean, really, you'll be out speaking in this next year on Fear is My Homeboy, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, we we have, it's funny, we're in a conversation right now because we... Um, 
yeah, I mean, that's the work that we're doing. It's, it's work around bravery and courage. And the twist is certainly um, improv theater, but it's not an improv book. And it's, it, you know, my keynotes aren't, aren't, aren't only about improv theater. I use improv to t- teach my lessons, right? We got to scare ourselves in a fear talk. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's interesting though. I didn't start that way. I started out as a personal branding speaker, right? And so my big talk at the time was, brand prov, personal branding, improvised. And I, you know, I just started, that was the talk I was really using for free, you know, just going out and figuring it out. And here's what I came to find out. And here's how I got to the lane is that the joke at, at Second City was, you know, this is my fear church. This is my fear yoga. And the reason, and here's what I found speaking, the reason we don't as business owners, as speakers, right? Specifically thinking about this audience, the reason we don't put ourselves out there and level up the way we want in our businesses and on stage is because we're afraid. We're afraid. And we're afraid that people, and this is a big aha moment here. We're afraid that people aren't going to like us. Mm-hmm. We're afraid people are, are going to judge us. We're afraid people are going to gossip about us and all these things. And this is the thing to remember, because this is probably the number one question I get asked the most when we think about really putting ourselves out there is that if you, we're all going to fear this idea of people not liking us or making fun of us or judging us. Here's the reality. People already don't like you. People are already judging you and people are already making fun of you. I mean, we almost need like a podcast amen on that because (laughs) so the question is for any one of you listening to this right now who is afraid to maybe try something new on stage or to title your presentation, that crazy idea that just fired you up or to leave that nine to five because you built a nest egg and you're ready to start your business. Who are you living your life for, right? You or everybody else. And when did expressing joy and pride and confidence about what we do for a living, when did this become a bad thing, right? So I'm always remembering that on stage as a performer, when I have the person in the front row with the rusting bitch face and I think that they don't like me, I'm always remembering, first of all, we're, you know, what's the, the Brene Brown? What's that story we're telling ourselves? Yeah. And, and why does it matter? Right. As, as long as we are being authentic to who we are and choosing courage over comfort, you will be okay. And you'll, you'll, you'll build a great business and a great speech. I love it. Now, did you watch the Brene Brown uh, Netflix special that just came on? I mean, I think it's only been introduced, right? And I just wrote a whole blog post about it because I was just so taken. I I really want to talk about why this works, why this level. And I know that I would say that you're a mashup of Brene Brown meets Mel Robbins. You've got a, your own, obviously, you know, your own very unique style and lots of beautiful energy. Um, but yeah, this is really interesting uh, that I kind of dissected what was going on there because it was so good. So we're going to give you all this as a piece of homework, uh, podcast listeners. If you haven't seen the Brene Brown uh, oh, special okay. on Netflix yet, go and have a look at it. And why do you think it works so well, Judy? What's your, impress- what's your impression? Of which part? What, what working so well? Why do you think she works so well? Why do you oh, think God. this message I, of courage works I, so well? 
Yeah, I think, well, I think Brene works so well because Brene is Brene Brown. And she, and if you watch her talk, she's so authentic. And if you watch her talk, what I noticed right away, it was just story after story after story. And Kendra Hall would be giving me a huge high five right now. Yeah, yeah. This is the power of like storytelling, right? And and I noticed that as a performer right away. I mean, I watched it to be inspired, of course. And I love Dr. The Dr. Brene Brown. She is my Beyonce, right? Yeah. But, But I watched it also from the second time from a performance lens. I first yes. to enjoy it. This. And I second watched to study the master and I would challenge every performer yes. to this right now to go study the doctor because it was story after story. And I think that's why people love her. Yeah. She's just telling stories from her real life that connect in powerful ways that inspire us to be brave ourselves. It's almost like, well, if she can do it, I can do it. And, and if he can do it, I can do it. And that's bravery. Yeah. That's courage. And that's what it means to make fear your homeboy. This idea of not chasing the unattainable notion of fearless, because that's crazy, right? If you were fearless, you would never go to a doctor. Mm-hmm. You would never pay your taxes. Instead, the goal should be doing small and big, sometimes brave things every single day with the goal of fearing less. And that is the work I teach. So I help people to think differently about that day to day, because I believe it's all the small stuff we don't do that, that lead every day that leads to regret in the long run. I love it. I love it. Now you are, you know, we're talking about being courageous and part of being on the stage. I mean, doing this career for anybody is a courageous thing because some people would rather uh, be giving the eulogy. (laughs) No, wait, they'd rather be in the casket than giving the eulogy at a funeral. Like that's how afraid people are of speaking. But I want to, I want to reference, you've referenced the term performer several times. And I think that the reason why that Netflix special works so well is because it was crafted to work well. This isn't something that she just thought, oh, I'm just going to try this let me just wing it. No, 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 no. She had a plan and she's probably got some very tried and true material there. Um, Talk about, let's talk about how people identify themselves because really I want everybody to be elevated up to expert and then how you, how you perform or how you speak or whatever it might be, might be one of the things that falls underneath that. Excuse my dog there. He's having a meltdown. (laughs) real life here. Yeah. Talk about yourself as a performer. Yeah. So I love that you caught onto that. And I, I take, yeah, I take that word very seriously. I feel like it's so much more than a speech. It's a speech and it's a talk, but it's a performance, meaning um, it means that you show up. Like I like to think like a Michael Jordan, right? You know, he just didn't win all those championships by showing up and winging it. These guys that play at that level show up and do the work and they, and they do the uncomfortable work that most people don't want to do. So I will tell you before I put any keynote onto a stage I have my dog has heard that talk probably a dozen <laughs> times and I'm saying they are good for something <laughs> they are he's my audience for sure but I am record I watch a lot of tape of myself which is painful but someone once said to me if you can't watch yourself how do you expect an audience to so I yeah. watch a lot of tape just like a ball player right Game I tape 
Yep. Yeah, I, I, um, I'm always iterating. I'm watching other speakers that I'm inspired by. I go to conferences to watch other speakers. I rehearse, rehearse, rehearse. And right now I'm in a phase of my talk. I just hired the amazing Tamsin Webster and we're iterating my keynote as we speak and really um, looking at it from a, a performance standpoint to make it even better. So I hire coaches, performance yeah. coaches. I read a lot of books. I take risks on stage, but I show up like I, someone also, I think it might've been Michael Port said this in a book or on a podcast. Um, and I think I wrote about this in my book too, for any sales professional listening or someone who just has to give work presentations right now, and you're not a speaker yet, how much you prepare shows how much you respect your audience. Mm. And I love my audience, right? I want to love on them. I want them to leave with value. And I want them to be like, wow, I learned something that I will be able to use. And if I wing it, right, it, it's, it's, it's not going to land. So I always have remembered that. I work really hard on every talk. So I am a performer, right? I am, a, I am an idea DJ, certainly. I'm a content creator, absolutely. But I'm a performer. And I think, take like just like Brene did, you have yeah. to in the work it will show on stage i think that's really an interesting way to think of yourself and you're also a fear expert and um you know performing is one of the ways that you distribute your knowledge because author is now big time there as well right i mean that's you've you've leveled up your game talk about the fear that you might have had of people reading your work the very first had you written a book before fear is my home my first book my first okay so talk about um the idea of putting your your ideas out into the world that can be a scary premise oh my god it's terrifying one of the things (laughs) Brene talked about in that talk and i loved it so much she says courage really and vulnerability really is she said three things but the second thing she said was you have to have the courage to show up even when you can't control the outcome Hello, a speech on a stage. Hello, starting a business. Hello, w- waking up those days. And yeah. certainly, hello, writing a book. So yeah. um, I have no idea what's going to happen. It's terrifying and amazing and magical. And it's just that we're already learning so much. And I think a wise coach, <clears throat> Jane, once told me, <laughs> you've got the speaking business down. You have just entered a new business. And it's called the book business. So uh, we are learning it. And we're bravely moving through that. But I will share one story about it. So for anybody on the phone that is uh, maybe thinking about doing a book or playing small right now because you feel that there's too much and everybody's done it before or you're too old or you're too late or you're in your head right now. Here's what I'd say to you. I mean, I'm with you. <laughs> I have been through it and I even tell this story in my book. So when I, I signed on with Greenleaf to produce this book, um, I got assigned pretty quickly my chief editor. So this is my right-hand woman. I had multiple, multiple editors, but the first editor, really the, the main head honcho that was going to help me make this a book. Her name is April Doe Murphy. And when I got my initial email from her, it said her, I read her email. And then in her signature line, it said April Joe Murphy, PhD. So Dr. April Joe Murphy. And I instantly had like a panic attack. Yeah. I instantly went, Never mind. So I have an email that I sent to her and I said, you know what, April, I've, I've been rethinking the book and here's what I think we're going to actually do. I think we're going to do more of a coffee table book and it's going to be like 365 days to courage. And we're just going to do little ideas and quotes and, you know, maybe a homework assignment at the end. But you know what, I think, you know, that's maybe what we need to do. And I was so scared. And she responds with grace and love. And she says, Judy, I love that idea. And wouldn't that be great? 
after this book. Yeah. I truly <laughs> can trust that you know enough to move forward and I'm here for you. And obviously it was a little bit more robust than that. But the moral of the story is we can psych ourselves out. And I think most oh, yeah. of us have no idea what we're doing and we're all trying to figure it out. And I think anybody who is, I mean, imposter syndrome is the real deal. And we believe yeah. this in the book. We have to figure out how to look at it as an asset and move with it instead of against it. Because if you ask me, when imposter shows up into my life, it means that I'm leveling up. And it means, okay, something sh- is shifting here. And this means, yeah. you know, a big change is happening in my life, which invites fear to the party. So I think for me, um, really understanding that it was okay and that, I was strong enough and smart enough to do this book, but I want everybody listening to know that you may look at someone on Instagram or see them on stage. You may think that, oh my God, they're amazing. And you know, listen, we we are all scared and we are all trying to figure it out. And we all have good speeches and great speeches and some not great speeches. So um, the goal is really consistency, right? Uh, Because that stuff, confidence compounds, consistency compounds, just keep going. One of the things that I really find is helpful for confidence is clarity. Mm. It's when you're not, okay, so go back up to the book idea. What do I want this book to be? Do I want a little coffee table book or do I want a full on fear is my homeboy how to guide? And um, I think that if you didn't actually say, all right, I'm all in on B, you would have had a lack of clarity and a lack of confidence and that undermines you. What are some things that people can do to, because you're the fear expert, what are some people, some things that you recommend that people do in the book to move past fear? Are there any hacks, any things that we should be really um, trying to shore up our confidence with on a daily basis? Yeah. I mean, the, the, and I even say, instead of moving, you know, it's the thing in the world is this, you know, everybody wants to get to the other side of fear, but no one understands how to get to the other side of the fear. So instead of moving past fear, I prefer to look at moving with my fear. So I move with my fear. And I think the three biggest ideas in my book and in my talks are really this, like, if you were to say, what's the essence, what's the core, what is, what does it really mean to make fear your homeboy? So Mm -hmm. first things first, it's a book about bravery, right? So it's going to help readers manage fear so they can get the heck out of their own way. And I think that's where we have to start. And I think the way we get out of our way is by realizing that scary things will never feel less scary, <laughs> but you can and you will get stronger. And this is exciting me. And this is what improv is all about. And the only way we get it stronger is by getting uncomfortable. Improv is all about getting uncomfortable. And the more uncomfortable we get, the more comfortable we get being uncomfortable. So I think someone listening needs to realize that you don't need to take an improv class to, to understand that you are an everyday improviser. You have no script right? And every day you are navigating change, you are collaborating, you are creating solutions. So my big piece of advice, and we we do this on the stage for my keynotes, is can you, if I were to have one slide in my talk, like if it was just one slide, my slide would be, it doesn't get easier, you get stronger. So it's a challenge to you, do one small thing every day. That scares you. For yourself and for your business. Maybe Today, for you, it's just, you're going to make a, a call. You're going to pick up the phone and call. Yeah. 
that's terrifying, right? Pick up the phone, send an email, go to a networking thing. um, Read a new, read a book. Throw out a story in your speech and, uh, and try out a new story. Go go with no slides. Say today I'm going to use, I'm going to go no slides. Pretend like there's no power and you have to wing it. Uh, That's scary. What else would be scary? I mean, we, I love this idea of every day uh, challenging yourself to do one uncomfortable thing. Yeah. I mean, it could be um, maybe you're someone who is aspiring to be a speaker and you want to get better at speaking. So raise your hand to lead the sales meeting at work, in the office, write a blog, start writing, ask to be published, pick up the phone and you have a podcast you love, ask to go be on the podcast. I mean, how do you think I got Mel on the cover of the bit? I asked someone to help me get to know Mel. Asking ye shall receive, right? Beautiful, beautiful thing. Waiting to get a little woo-woo. I mean, we can have what we want. (laughs) We just have to be brave enough to ask for it and be ready. I love it. I love it. A hundred percent of the things get answered no when you don't ask, right? So I love it. Okay, so we've got number one, be brave. What are our other two majors in the book? Um, it's it doesn't get easier, but you get stronger. Okay, I mean, you are an everyday improviser. None of us have a script, and that and that you have to get uncomfortable if you want to live in a, with want to live a comfortable life. All right. So the book really has seven chapters and the chapters, I mean, just high level. So you can kind of get a feel. I mean, we start with love yourself. That is what chapter one is titled because I find what we choose to put into our life and what is around us is a reflection of how we feel about ourselves. And it's really hard to be brave and bold and badass and courageous and make fear your homeboy when you hate yourself. Yeah. So we have to start there. Then we get into uh, this idea of trusting the universe. So it gets a little woo woo, but it's actually. I love I, anybody who listens to this podcast probably has heard some woo woo come out on it before, because you know what, if we can pull the universe in to be on our side, in this why wouldn't we use that it's a strategy (laughs) there's this this book called uh, attracting your perfect customer the power of strategic synchronicity strategic synchronicity like okay let's align all the things that we can align in order to know what who our perfect customer is i love i love stuff totally, like that. Yeah. I, I, you and i that's why we've gotten along always because uh we live in the woo-woo land okay what else keep going okay so the universe has your back is chapter number two number three and four was supposed to be one chapter and now they're divvied up and this is where we get a lot of juicy work done and anyone running a business would probably love this certainly anyone who has a full-time career and speaks on the side but but it's uh, chapter three is called balanced by design where we really talk about essentialism inspired by that big idea. Greg uh, McEwen, I think wrote about in his book, essentialism, but it's really about balance and focus. And then chapter four is about, is called becoming the CEO of you, how to really run that business like the boss that you are, because nothing works if you don't. So you're a business chapter five is find your tribe and love them hard who are the people in your life moving you forward helping you along the way uh, and keeping you brave number six is the magic of momentum oh my gosh as a business owner and as a speaker the understanding that once you pick up momentum it is a freight train full of heck yes and um it is really powerful and then chapter seven we bring it all, all home and it's titled your homeboy fear so now that we have this different um idea on fear now that we have 
have all of these new tools. What are we going to do? And what does this mean? And what does the new normal look like? You know, the reason I'm glad that you went through those is because your language, everything about Judy Holler has like a little bit of edge to it. And I really like um, where you live in. It's very much you. You have said, this is me. If somebody gets upset because I say badass, then okay, they're not my perfect buyer and I'm okay to give up that gig. Like, I think that we need to really decide who we are going to show up as. And that was another big lesson from the, the Netflix special by Brene was that she just shows up as herself, very unapologetically. Um, perhaps I, one of the things that I feel, it feels unfortunate to me, I feel like there are people who are going to judge. And I really think that they just have to look past and see this amazing message and be so brave that you too will show up fully as yourself. I love it. Jane, you just landed on something so big. And I think this is a powerful thing for everyone listening to understand. And I just went through it. So my book is called Fear is My Homeboy. And let me tell you, um, I have gotten pushback on that. Even when we were creating, you know, how can this be a little bit more corporate? You realize you're going to alienate your people and that's offensive and all these things. And anybody that knows me knows that I do not like the box. I do not enjoy robots. I do not like the stiff, stiff environments. And I've always believed in this idea. And just recently we had a, 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 a wonderful fortune 100 company want to pull the title of my keynote. They wanted to just use the back end of the, so I have my title, fear to my homeboy, how to transform fear into a secret weapon. They didn't want that. They wanted to pull it off. And I was like, absolutely not. This is the work. This is the book. And you know, we ended up losing the business over that. I walked away from the business. Yeah. Because I said, you have a problem with that. You might not like me. Yeah, yeah. This is who I am. Yeah, yeah, and to yeah. get to that space as a human being and as a business owner was a powerful shift for me to make. Now, this doesn't mean that we are we are actually going into our website right now to, we're going to have the Fears My Homeboy talk, um, and then we're also creating a different version of this talk with a slightly different title because we, we want to have, um, but the ideas are going to be the ideas. And so anybody who's watched my tape or sees my video will understand. We have a book called Fears My Homeboy. If, if that is a problem then yeah. we're, we're probably not, you're probably not my person. And the great thing to remember is there's so much for all of us. There's enough business, enough clients, enough speakers, you know, the universe and the world is abundant. So I, I bravely walked away from a really high paying job. <laughs> and that was a brave move. Woo-hoo! And a moment. <laughs> uh, that I, I know, um, you know, sometimes you're tested on your way to practice what you preach, right? And that is the true test is, are you willing to walk away from business that is not perfect for you? And I have to tell you that going and delivering that talk, knowing that there may not be an exact right fit could not serve you either. You know, just remember that everybody, when you do give up the engagement where they're just trying to really mold you into something else, then why hire me? Why did you? And that's a good question to circle back to your client with. Why do you, why do you want to hire me? Let let me ask you that. Like, let's just start over at the beginning. Why do you want to hire me? And then then, then they'll say, well, it's because of this and this and this and this. Okay, well then let me be that. And if you can't let me be that, then 
then yeah. we have to walk away and that's good. Good for you. I'm so that's proud of you. Things I always say in my <laughs> notes to my clients, I always say, thank you for trusting me with your sales team. Thank you for trusting me with mm. your members. Thank you for trusting me with your team because that's what they're doing. And if you always think about it this way, the meeting planner is hiring you probably because you're awesome and you're a great speaker. Sure. But they're really hiring you for themselves. Let's really think about why someone's hiring you. They need to look good to their boss. They need great yeah. support. So you've always got to think as a performer, you know, what's in it for the client? You know, yeah, you need to be good on stage, but think, really think about why they're hiring you. This it's a CYA. They want to cover their ass first, but yeah. they also want to get some good yeah. recognition back. Oh, who, who found Judy Holler? Yes. Like, you know, you're sitting around a boardroom table with 10 people and somebody goes, uh, I did. And they're like, wow, she was amazing. Yes. And then you get all the kudos, right? So first they don't want to make a mistake. And secondly, they want somebody who is going to get them glowing, glowing reviews. You make them look like a star and that's yeah. what's happening. You will stay in business because people will love you and want to keep working with you and you'll get all this spin business. Yeah. Now that's not to say, I just want to give a little caveat to that because that's not to say that that's all the language on your website. In my mind, your language is about what it is that you're delivering, the outcomes that you're delivering, not the um, so-and-so is going to make you look good conversation. Correct. So just be aware of that little difference between um, speaking directly to the outcomes versus how right. you're going to get there. Yeah. Well, Judy, okay, where should people go to pick up a copy of Fear is My Homeboy? Because I have a feeling people will want to. And just know that our intention was not to do a big plug for the book here. But it's a great book. And I really uh, would like people to uh, go out and get it so that they can really – this is something that I'm moving personally towards myself into this bigger, better version of myself. Like Amazing Jane is my next rendition. And so I, I really feel like this is everybody. I want everybody to come with me on this journey. And, and Fears My Homeboy is a great path to getting there. Where do people go and buy the book? So I've got two things. I love it. I think any speaker or business owner or performer listening to this would, would definitely pick up some juicy wisdom. And I've got a free gift too. So I'll, I'll, you can put this in the show notes. But okay. Must drive it. So there's two things they can do. So if you want to just read the preface introduction in chapter one without committing and just get to know me a little bit and get two freebies that I am obsessed with. One of them is my daily planner page that I use every morning as a speaker um, and performer and business owner. So I will give you all of that for free if you want to take it on a test drive. And all you need to do, and you can link to the show notes, is text brave to 474747. 47. And then they will get a little link. They click it and they get it immediately, all the good stuff. And um, the best place to hang out with me is I love hanging out on Instagram. So I'm the most active on Instagram at Judy Holler. My website, judyholler.com. Uh, we'll link all this up in the show notes. And then I also have a Facebook fan page, but Instagram is probably my favorite place to play. And Judy, by the way, is J-U-D-I-H-O-L-L-E-R. Oh, Judy, well, thank you so much. I'm so glad we got to bang this out because I know you're really busy in the middle of big, big, big launch season. And uh, I want to say thank you so much for taking the time today. Really awesome. appreciate it. You're such an honor. And anybody that's listening right now, you are braver than you can even imagine small, scary things every day. Keep going. I love it. Great, great message. And what a way to finish off. Wealthy speakers, 
If you have enjoyed our podcast, I hope you will leave us a rating or a review on iTunes. We're really zeroed in on iTunes and getting our subscribers up. So make sure you hit that subscribe button as well. And with that, we will say, see you soon, Wealthy Speakers. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to The Wealthy Speaker Show. Please visit speakerlauncher.com for your free Wealthy Speaker audit and visit speakerlauncher.com forward slash podcast for show notes and many more resources to help you catapult your speaking business. See you soon, Wealthy Speakers.